I started screaming at her, thinking that she wanted to keep me down as a stay-at-home dad. And she told her mother that she was going to have to divorce me and she has a one-year-old and she didn't know what to do. And so at that moment, I realized that I needed to make a change. Welcome to Thin Places, a podcast experiment from Zion Episcopal Church in Douglaston, Queens. I'm Father Carl Adair, the assistant rector here at Zion. And on this season of the podcast, we're sharing stories about thin places in time. Stories of people who step across a threshold into a new chapter of their lives. And then when they look back through that doorway, their past has a different shape than they'd thought. On this episode, we're going to hear from Michael, a newer member of Zion. Michael's threshold was this awful realization that his strategies for dealing with conflict were not working for him or for those he loved. Michael stepped across that threshold in the early months of the pandemic. He lost his job and with it his sense of being oriented toward a meaningful future. And all that was, of course, compounded by the powerlessness, the fear, and stress of lockdown. But as he says, he had to make a change. The churchy word we use for this is repentance. It's a word that can feel loaded or guilt-ridden, but really it just means turning. Turning off the track that got us to where we are now and striking out on a new course seeking to live the life that really is life. Here's Michael sharing some of his story. There's two paths in my family. There was military service, and there was also the artist. My grandmother was an artist, and so was her parents as well. So that was held up to me as a very nice path to take. And on the other hand, my grandfather was in the Army. My dad was in the Navy during the Vietnam War, and my brother was in the Air Force. On my mother's side, her father was a career military officer who worked in Peru very closely with the president of the time. So I always had these two examples of what a well-formed human being would be. Around the age of 17, 16, I began thinking of what path I would take. I'd always been a natural artist, and I chose to go to art school. But I was also considering military service. And at times, when I mentioned this to my dad, he said, no, you're an artist. The military's not for you. So once I got to my late 20s and early 30s, I had been well along the path of the artist. I was a bartender in New York City for more than 10 years where I had moved to be an artist. And bartending was my way of paying for this advocation. And the further along in that path that I went, the more I began to question the decision that I made when I was 17, whether to be an artist or in the military. 
and I started to kick myself <laughs> for making that decision. Um, so I came to a conflict within myself that lasted for several years. In 2019, Michael was able to pull together enough work as a photography assistant and doing other freelance creative projects to get out of the bar industry with its punishing schedule. Around that same time, Michael and his wife Emily welcomed their first child into the world, a daughter. There was still a lot of uncertainty and questions about military service as the road not taken, but Michael also felt like he was finally building momentum. And then, in March 2020, the COVID-19 pandemic threw a wrench in everything. Work opportunities dried up. It didn't make financial sense to keep their daughter in daycare. Michael, his wife Emily, and their then one-year-old daughter moved up to Burlington, Vermont to stay with Emily's mother. When I was in Vermont, I was in the middle of trying to redefine myself. I had been a bartender for more than 10 years, and I had been forging a career in the media, in photography, working as a photo assistant. And the p pandemic cut off all of my income while my wife was able to work remotely. And we had a one-year-old daughter at this point. So I transitioned from working to be a stay-at-home dad almost immediately. But at the same time, the nagging question in my head of what if I joined the military was still present and I felt completely powerless in the moment. I wasn't contributing financially and I didn't feel like a fully fulfilled human being and I sort of thought this was an instant solution at the time to give myself credibility to my parents and to become that example of the service member that was highly valued in my family that I felt left out of. So when I told Emily that I had been talking to a recruiter right before the lockdowns, she said, no way, you have a family who will take care of our daughter. And I started screaming at her, thinking that she wanted to keep me down as a stay-at-home dad. We were outside because outside was the only place we could talk. And she said, go home. And I said, that's not home. Screaming and pointing at the house. And there was a person walking across the street telling me to give my wife space. And I told her, shouting all the while to mind her own business and shouted a few expletives at the same time. And then finally was able to break myself away and take a little walk and then go back inside. I think that's the, that's the first time I ever exploded at Emily. And we had been married for several years at that point. She told her mother that she was going to have to divorce me and she has a one-year-old and she didn't know what to do. And so at that moment, I realized that I needed to make a change. I contacted a therapist who I'd been seeing before the pandemic and who I had lost contact with. And I looked him up again and saw that he specialized in anger management. So I called him up right away and said I needed help. 
I remember when I was a kid, if I ever hurt myself, my dad would stand above me and he would say, good thing it happened to you. That would kill an ordinary kid. I was always taught to suck it up, suck it up. My dad used to tell me, if your boss tells you to hit your set, <laughs> to hit yourself in the face, you ask him how hard. If your boss asks you to jump off a cliff, you ask him how far. Men were supposed to bottle it up. So my dad's way of coping with conflict was bottling it up. And my mother was very explosive and would scream everything she needed. She has a nickname, the fighter. That's what her friends gave her. If people crossed her, they were considered disloyal. She would cut them off. She'd scream at them, tell them what a horrible person they were. There was a time when my brother was having trouble with his homework and told her that he needed help. And she asked him why he was so stupid. And she told him, why am I paying all this money to send you to school? So I learned, I learned to put people down. I learned to cut people off. And I learned to humiliate them by screaming at them. I would hold things in, hold in what I needed. And if ever I got to a point where I was feeling overwhelmed, exhausted, physically sick, and if my wife would say something that triggered me, I would start yelling in return. In those moments, you tell a person what you need, but you do it in a very destructive way that basically tells the other person that you are not friends and you are not allies in pursuit of the same goal. And when you're married, you're supposed to be in pursuit of the same goal. And for the longest time, I was very resentful of my parents. And I was asking myself, why did they teach me to run away from conflict? And why did they teach me to be very destructive? And then I began to realize through therapy and then by finding the church that they were doing their best with the tools that they had. They were forging their own path. They had a shoe factory and income was at times very limited. And they were always pushing themselves to the hardest to give us a good education, keep us fed. And so they were in the midst of trying to give us the best childhood possible. But at the same time, they weren't focusing on their mental health. My counseling and, and my exploration of spirituality is, is a way of me continuing to try and find coping mechanisms to forgive my parents and to forgive myself for the anger management tools that I learned from them and, and the ones that I'm trying to grow now. Having family meetings, telling the other person what your weaknesses are, that's called being vulnerable, and asking the other person what they need, and also reminding the other person why you love them. It's been a work in progress, and I feel very confident that we've improved our relationship because of it, and we have another kid at this point. And I also want to pre present a good example of how to approach conflict to my kids. 
was very jaded being a stay-at-home dad at first, but then I began to think it's it's actually an amazing experience because I do get to relive this early part of my life and reteach myself how to deal with big emotions. I'm very lucky I've been able to go to counseling, something that my parents weren't able to do, and I'm able to retell all the lessons that I get from my therapist on how to deal with with her needs without ignoring them and bottling them up. So I'm, I'm able to go through exercises with her, breathing exercises, narrating what the big emotions are so she can create a positive dialogue in her head that needs aren't, aren't the enemy, they're, they're her friend, and asking for help is a very positive thing to do, not a weakness. And I feel very lucky that I'm able to relearn all of this and that I have the luxury to be able to do this and to also teach my daughter because I have time with her. Having kids tears you down and rebuilds you. This episode is coming out in the Easter season, and I can't help but note that what Michael is describing sounds a lot like the life that we share as Christians with the crucified and risen Jesus. Each in our own way, we are called to live lives broken open by love. When we come to a place that seems like a dead end, we trust that a new path opens, a path of healing and new life or we discover that we are able to build something new and sustaining out of the old inheritance that had crumbled. I'm so grateful to Michael for sharing his story. Given that men are so often taught to bottle up emotion or that tenderness is just another word for weakness, it does take real guts to be vulnerable in this way. And speaking as a man who has internalized a lot of those same messages, I will say that I find Michael's journey inspiring and even healing myself. This is part of what we can do together as church. We help each other see where the new path is opening, where the new life calls us, and we can walk alongside as we repent, as we turn toward that new life. Thin Places is a podcast experiment from Zion Episcopal Church in Douglaston, Queens, produced by me, Father Carla Dare. Our music is by Nick Marcella. We'll be back with another story of a thin place in time in about two weeks. Until then, peace be with you.